1-800-468-6933. Narcanon provides free assessment and referral services. Call Narcanon at 1-800-468-6933 or visit our website at stopaddiction.com. WDFN AM Detroit. Tell Alexa to play WDFN on iHeartRadio. Detroit's 1130, WDFN The Fan. It's time for the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Let's go live to RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Here's Coach Campy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show. We are live here at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. He is a coach, Greg Campy, back at it here at RJ's after the Thanksgiving break. And, Coach, a big win last night against Western. And, uh, hey, always good to win on the road, right? Well, it's our first road win with a you know brand-new group of, of players. And that first one was going to be hard to get, and we struggled you know, to get it. And took four games, and we got it. And I, I think that that's off our back now. And uh, we play a really, really good team on the road Saturday. And, we don't play at home until uh, December 21st, so we better get used to playing it and trying to win. Absolutely, but a big-time effort from Xavier Hill Mays, but we'll get you caught up on what's going on here with the Greg Campy Show. Remember, you can tweet your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. We'll get to those as the night goes on as well. Also, uh, uh, a little bit special episode of the Greg Campy Show. Cross-country will be in the house. The head coach, Paul Rice, Maggie Schneider, Oakland's second-ever qualifier for the NCAA championships. Truly a, a special effort from Maggie and uh, Paul. Yeah, absolutely. Give it up for Maggie Schneider. And uh, Paul Rice's program coach keeps humming along. And, and you'll be sitting down with Maggie and Paul coming up around 7.15. Well, we asked earlier, you know, are there things that we can do with the show that, you know, change it up a little bit, add add some color to it and things like that. And, and a lot of people wanted to see us do a few things. And, you know, with what Maggie did and, and you know, what, what Paul's done with that, program not only the cross country but the way the track program is uh, progressing uh, I thought this would be a good chance to, to shed some light on that and give them a little chance to speak because uh, she was a special athlete and, and had a special career at Oakland and we want to make sure people know about it absolutely and we got that coming up for you at 7:15. but again tweet your questions with the hashtag ask campy we'll get to those all night long uh, as always the uh Hashtag starting to fill up right now as we go on the air. But, Coach, last night, let's reset it. A 72-62 win over Western Michigan. Xavier Hill Mays, 26 points. I believe he was 11 for his first 11 from the field. And uh, the offense works a little bit better when folks are going 11 for 11, right? Well, you know, we have, we've struggled to score. Last night we scored 74 on the road, and I was pretty pleased with that. And if we can, the more importantly, we shot over 50% from the floor, and that's I think the first time this year other than the Goshen game that we did that and and it's been a struggle for us it, those young kids finding themselves getting confidence in themselves uh it's really been a struggle with that and in Kangu last night had a wide open three turned it down got it back and hit the backboard and he's he's a good shooter but he, you know he just you've got to believe in yourself to shoot the basketball and the more minutes he gets and the more of those situations he's in He'll relax and he'll start knocking the ball in, you know, because he can shoot the ball. He's somebody that we really believe and trust in. Speaking of knocking down shots, Blake Lampman has assumed that role over the last two games. And, Coach, I think anybody that watches Oakland basketball, uh, you don't have to be a coach necessarily. You don't have to be a commentator or anything like that. If, if you watch this team from the beginning of the year up until this point, you can't deny the impact that Blake Lampman has had. I mean, he was, I think, what was the numbers? He was technically two for two for six yesterday from three, but I'm calling it three for seven. I guess he had a toe on the line for one of them. I didn't see it, so I'm not counting it. Yeah, you know, it. it our offense historically has had multiple three-point shooters, but we have always had one, uh, you know, that guy that, that you have to guard, that you have to extend the defense on. And our offense is based on, on that. And when you don't have that and you're, uh, you know, we want to throw the ball inside and, and the defense can put, you know, a man and a half on our post players, um, it's hard to score the ball. And so what Blake did at Toledo, um, Western Michigan was going to guard him. And that changed when I put him in the game three minutes into the game. That changed the whole complexion of Western Michigan's defense. It did. And I, I, I didn't realize I never took him out. Uh, 
when I was looking at the stat sheet at the end of the game, and I, I asked Smitty, I said, did Lampman really play 37 minutes? And he said, yeah. And so, uh, you know, I just. Did he say it, no, it was 38, technically? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> but um, the spacing that he created for, uh, you know, Oladapo and for X and for Brad uh, really, really made a difference for us offensively. And, and the other thing that Blake is doing is he's getting better defensively. Um, you know, this team, and, and I keep saying this about certain people ask me, why is he playing? Why isn't he playing? You know, why is this guy getting yanked out? Why is this? And the whole thing is how can we win? How can this team, this version of Oakland, win? And we're going to have to do it at the defensive end, which we were phenomenal last night again at the defensive end. And uh, Blake has really, really improved defensively. He's, you know, he's a smart kid. He plays really hard um, athletically, maybe not as talented from a defensive standpoint as some of the other kids on the team. But you can overcome, you know, we, we have a saying at Oakland that the smart take from the strong. And uh, Blake, like is, Blake is taking minutes from the strong. He is He's a very smart, intelligent player, and he's where he's supposed to be and comes up with a lot of loose balls. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I, I can't say enough about how well he played in the last few games. And he got, you know, he got minutes, and he didn't get them. He earned them. You know, that's what you got to remember. He earned those minutes. And when you look at Blake, too, like you talked about it, you said athleticism is not the first thing that comes to mind with Blake Lampman. But the bottom line is when he gets the ball and he shoots it, the other team more often than not is inbounding it from under the basket. That's just that's the result, and that's what he brings to the party. Well, I mean, it's early. It's early to to anoint him as the next great shooter for Oakland. But oh, he's, Coach, that's media, though. That's, uh, I'm in media. That's what uh, we do. Uh, Everything's all or nothing. He's only shooting 42 or 43% from the three, but when everybody else on the team is shooting in the mid-20s, that looks pretty good. And uh, so, uh, you know, we want, as, as if he continues to grow in this row, um, we'll want him to shoot eight to ten threes a game. That's, that's what we do with that guy. And as we, you know, even at the pace we're playing, we're going to want him to be able to get, you know, make two, three, four threes a game. And when you can do that, that opens every everything else up. It'll open driving lanes up. It'll open, um, you know, Xavier and those guys up. But the key to the whole thing yesterday, if you really step back from it, was yes, we made shots in that, but the key, we only turned the ball over three times in the second half. And that allowed us to defend. And it's hard to defend when you're in a run-out situation or an odd man situation. So when you can make them rebound the ball or make them take it out of bounds and you can get back and guard, um, then we're going to have success. So the fact that, you know, Blake had no turnovers, Kangu got better at it, um, Newsom played pretty well for his first run ever. He didn't turn the ball over. And uh, Gettlefinger, you know, he's he's... He's exactly what you said, Coach. I mean, last year when you were talking about him, after he committed, he's exactly what you said. I mean, it's right. what you said come to life. Right, and it's, it's going to be a long learning process for him, and, and I just think people have to remember he did not play his senior year. Sure. And um, Norris didn't either, but Norris was a different type of player. Norris was a shooter who happened to be point guard size, and we'd put the ball in his hands. And you know, We ran a very limited offense with Norris, uh, we ran motion, which we'd never run motion. We ran it last year. Um, we're not running it this year, but it allowed him to to excel at the point guard position because it took advantage of what he does. And CJ's not that type of a point guard, and it's going to take some time for CJ. Uh, but he's got a very high ceiling. I think we all. I think everybody watches him knows that. You know, six foot five, long. Um, made four big free throws last night too. Yes, he did. You know, so that, that was good. Really good. Can you be honest with me? What were your thoughts about the behind-the-back pass? I was not real pleased with it. Um, the, and the reason I wasn't real pleased with it is because it wasn't a good pass. It didn't hit him in stride. If it had, Lampman was all alone in the in the corner, and that's going to probably an uncontested three by Lampman is going to be about a 60% shot. And he had to reach down here to get it and shoot it. So it wasn't. The fact that he threw it behind the back, it was the fact that he threw it down there. Now, if he wouldn't have thrown it behind the back and thrown it down there, I still would have been mad at him. But if he would have just thrown it and into the shooting pocket where we got the shot, then he probably wouldn't have come running out of the game.
(laughs) You're listening to the Greg Campy Show. We're live at RJ's Pub, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Visit them on the web at www.evanslawgrp.com. Remember, support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. He is the coach, Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rohl. Remember, you can send your tweets. We'll get to them in just a little bit with the hashtag AskCampy. I thought you had something to... Thought you had something to say. No, right I'm there. chewing an ice cube. Sorry. Oh, all right, gotcha. But the big win over Western Michigan. Do you really? Yeah, there was a little yelling last night. <laughs> well, a big win last night on the road in the MAC. And coach, as somebody who, you know, taking my media stuff and putting it aside, a guy that went to Oakland, I take great joy in those wins as an alum of Oakland, because it shows, you know, as as I've talked about before, the basketball program at Oakland more than capable of competing with Mac schools, beating Mac schools, beating them in their gyms. It, it just feels good as, again, taking the media stuff aside, just being an Oakland fan and Oakland alum, that felt good to me to get that win. Well, I think any time we play Eastern, Western, Central, or Detroit, you know, the mid-majors in Michigan, that we have to win. You know, I, I think it's very, very important that we do. Um, those games are a little are special. They're a little extra. Uh, obviously, the Detroit game is more than that. Uh, but uh, Central, Eastern, and and Western are. Uh, we don't ever get to play Central very often. Uh, I wish that would change. Um, Somebody's going to ask, so I'll ask you. What's what's the story with that? I don't know. You can ask Mitty. I, I mean, he was there for years. The I, the the couple coaches earlier, um, we weren't the best of friends or anything like that. So that probably had a lot to do with it. But. In Keno's case, I mean, I, I like Keno Davis. I'm, I don't think he dislikes me. I, I just think he has a scheduling philosophy, and he follows it. And I think he, he plays Western and Eastern, um, and he th- probably thinks that's enough because he he doesn't play Detroit. Do they have they ever played Detroit? No. So I think you know, it's a, I don't think it's got anything to do against Oakland. I just think it's his a scheduling philosophy. Now we could sit here and say, wow, they don't want to lose to us. Yeah, I mean, that's what you do. But Well, nobody wants to lose to anyone. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, right. So, but the truth of the matter is, I, I just think he has a scheduling philosophy. But, you know, we played him, we scrimmaged him. Uh, we played him an exhibition game and scrimmaged him. So it's there's a relationship there. It's no nothing any more than he's going his way. And you, I respect that. But it is important to beat, you know, next year. We, we, it looks I think we'll have Eastern on the schedule again next year, I'm hoping. Um, Western will probably fall off for a year, and then they'll get back on. Um, so, but when you play those games, you got to win them. When you look at Western Michigan, too, and, and I read this stat during the Oh, broadcast. by the way, I read somewhere or somebody told me or something that somebody, one of our fans, tweeted out or did something that we we seem to struggle against Western. And I just think for the people that don't read game notes and don't remember, that's the third time in the last four years that we've beaten western right so that's just, that's factually correct i'm couple, not couple, sure i'm not sure that's struggling with western yeah a couple of them out there too in, yeah. in actually they beat us here last year in overtime yeah that was the one loss now had they had beaten us a few times in a row before the last four uh maybe four in a row but before that four in a row we had beaten them a couple in a row so it, i think it's running streaks when, when you look at a two coach and steve hawkins the head coach at western I believe Great this is, coach. Yeah, well, I believe Great this coach. is his 17th season there. This, I read this stat during the broadcast last night. It blew me away. In the 16 completed years he's had at Western, Western's been in first or second in the MAC West Division 10 of those 16 years. I mean, you consistency is? A hallmark of greatness, and he, he's a very, very good basketball coach, good friend. Had, I had a 45-minute conversation with him today, you know, just talking about each other's teams. and uh, they're, they're, We want to keep that relationship and keep playing those games. Yeah, and I asked uh, Jeff Smith about this in the in the pregame yesterday. You guys have been going to war against each other ever since the Division Two days when he was at Quincy, when Oakland was in Division Two as well. When you coach against somebody that much, what 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 are what are the mind games like with that? What's the chess match like for you guys? I know you don't like to get into all this kind of stuff, but break not it down. More because it's a, not a league game. You know, more because it's not a league game that it isn't as much as that. If that if they were in our league, it would be more of that, but. I don't know if you saw, I, I got really mad at Gettlefinger late in the game. Not mad, really mad at him. And we had a timeout, and Jeff Smith showed, we had a 10-point lead with whatever to go, and Jeff Smith wrote on a board exactly what Western Michigan was going to do because he's coached against them right, for forever. Ever. Yeah. He knew what they would do in that situation. 
and they came out and we you know we said you go here cj you're here you're here you're here and they came out and did exactly what jeff's did said they were going to do and they threw it to cj's man who made a three so <laughs> that's why i was so mad okay right. it wasn't hey cj what's going on it was jeff smith just showed you what they were going to do but that's how well you know when you play guys that many years you know and that's why league games anything can happen in a league game because you know everything and everybody does yeah, absolutely well we'll take our first break when we come back Cross-country coach Paul Rice, the coach of the year, as a matter of fact, in the Horizon League, will be here. Maggie Schneider qualified for the NCAA National Championships as well. And Coach Campy, this will be, this will be truly just get out. This will be truly just the Greg Campy Show. Get He's quarterbacking it all when we come back. Yeah. This is the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Evans Law Group was founded with an emphasis on advising businesses on all facets of their labor and employment law issues, including conducting a broad range of in-house employment and human resources compliance seminars, having effective training for executives and managers related to HR compliance issues in the workplace has never been more critical than it is today. I am honored to have presented my seminars to a broad array of businesses, ranging from publicly traded companies to multi-generational family businesses, and to just about everything in between. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzly. Rally House, shop every team in town, college and pro. Come on, it's time to go. Visit Rally House's nine retail locations in the Detroit Metro for the latest in Golden Grizzly gear or your favorite local pro or college team. Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, Pistons, Spartans, Chippewas, everything Michigan. Rally House, Rally House. It's your city, it's your house. It's the Rally House. Shop 10 locations in Michigan and online at rallyhouse.com. All right, well, we're back, and Neil's not here to say whatever he says about Evans Vol. Oh yeah, we got to throw that in. But with me is Paul Rice and Maggie, and and as we said earlier, we wanted them on the show. And Paul Rice has been at Oakland for not quite as long as I have, but it no, seems like no. every time I've opened the door, he's been in there, and uh, he has done just an unbelievable job building a cross country program into a track program. And we entered a league that was dominated by a couple teams, and now we're one of those teams that every year we're either first, second, or we're right there in the mix. And with him is someone who helped him do that. Um, yep. Who I, am I right? Did she win it three straight years, or did she win it three years? Yeah. Three the straight. Only, only time it's ever been done. Three straight years, she's won the, the Horizon Cross Country Championship, and is no one in, ever has done that before, not just at Oakland, but anywhere. Correct. Correct. Yeah, so I'm going to let you talk to her about it. Uh, I'll, I'll fill in a couple questions now and then, Maggie. But the first thing is, why Oakland? Why would you come to Oakland? Um, and uh, tell us a little bit about, you know, your career here and, and what you're going to miss and what you love besides this guy and all that kind of stuff. Just go ahead and talk. Okay. Well, why I came to Oakland, I wouldn't, I have to be completely honest, I wasn't necessarily planning on why I, why I originally came was because I was getting the most money offered scholarship-wise actually academically. I didn't even know if I was going to run or not, but I had a visit with Coach one day, and um, actually for an academic visit, and I just kind of called Coach up beforehand, was like, hey, can I come visit, just see if I could run. I didn't even know if I was actually going to run collegiately. Um, so I had my meeting with Coach, and I liked the campus, and I liked Coach, and um, I, I came on my freshman year, and actually I had a stress fracture my freshman year, my freshman year cross-country season, so, um, and didn't even know if I was going to come back the next year, 
and because of that. We're glad you did. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) Uh, It was amazing. Um, So I decided to come back and um, just kept working hard and ended up ended up where where we are now. Never would have (laughs) thought. But well, you know, with her journey, it's like you hear these stories, um, adversity and 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 athletes that come back from things that. You know, it wasn't like a uh, career-ending thing for her as a freshman, but it was it was traumatic to miss months and months, and there was uh, uncertainty as far as uh, where she'd be when she came back. And uh, so she came back her sophomore year and um, really just hit a groove, mm-hmm. and um, and hasn't looked back since. And it's been a pretty amazing journey. You know, well, she's, I, she's I wanted a, I wanted to have some story about how you saw her, went and recruited her, and brought her here, but you. Yeah, you know, showed up and changed your life. <laughs> with, with our sport, a lot of times that's you know, with the kids are getting big academic scholarships and and you know, they're making. I you know, in the recruiting process, I always say, you know, pick a school that you know is going to be the right fit for for you uh, academically. You're comparing Oakland to other schools, but in a lot of times it's Oakland, and you know, we should be proud of that. We can be proud of that. But she she's got her ducks in a row. She's got everything lined up, but. Yeah, the, the athletic journey has been, uh, it's been pretty amazing to watch an athlete that, uh, you know, was above average, but not a superstar coming out of high school and, and to come and really excel and develop. And she's uh, highly, high level of commitment uh, just to everything she does. And, um, you know, to see it come to, to this year where we finally got to that, that goal we talked about a few years ago of, you know, getting to the NCAA championships in cross country, it's, it's very difficult and just a quick uh, well, explain ex- that explanation. Yeah, because yeah, I didn't even know. No, I thought you. Yeah, explain the whole thing. Cause so yeah, there's nine regions in the country. Uh, two teams come out of each region, and then uh, if you're not on one of those two teams and you're one of the top four individuals in the race, then you go to the NCAA championships. Um, we were in the we're in the Great Lakes region, which is the most competitive. There was seven of the top 25 teams in the country in our, in our region: Michigan, Michigan State, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Wisconsin, uh, Indiana, Butler. You know, those are the top seven schools. Um, there was some drama at the regional because um, they take at-large teams, so the the best regions get the most at-large teams. We actually got. Uh, four at-large teams out of our region. So there was six teams from our region that, that got out. Uh, Indiana was ranked behind Butler, but Indiana beat Butler in the regional. And if Butler had beaten Indiana, uh, Maggie would have been the first one out, not the last one in. So she was, uh, by Indiana beating Butler, she got that spot going So you in. were cheering for Indiana while this was going Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and then you have a selection show, much like basketball and other sports. We had a selection show uh, the next day after the regional, and uh, some of you might have seen that on, on Twitter and Facebook. I posted the video of it. But to see Indiana flash up as a team that got the, got the bid as an at-large, then we knew Maggie was in, and it was a nice celebration. And is that because since the women on Indiana's team got in, that took a space Correct. out and opened a space where Maggie could yes. slide so in. Yes, so Indiana had two girls ahead of Maggie, and uh, when Indiana got the got the bid for uh, the at-large, that, that pushed her in as, a, as the number four qualifier out of our region. So And then you finished 37th, was it, that I read? Or? She was 20th in the region, and, um, you know, we were... We Where did I come up with 37? Nowhere? I, I'm, no, not I'm not sure. sure. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah, 20, 20. Tell your kids that. Tell 20. your kids 20 years from now, yeah. nobody's going to know. So, yeah, 20 You know how many points a game I averaged? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so it was, it was, there, was a lot, there was a lot of drama and excitement. And, and um, it's funny because she, you know, she can talk about it a little bit, but she wasn't even aware that there was a selection show. Really? So, I know. I, what, what happened that day? Uh, yeah, I was actually um, <laughs> at church, and then I get a t- like my phone starts blowing up. I'm like, oh gosh, what's happening? So I go out and look at it, and everyone's like, oh, congratulations! I was like, and the coach calls me, and I'm like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> like wow. I didn't even know what to say. I, was, I knew it was coming out, but I didn't know there was like an actual show for it. Like it was posted. On, was it on TV? Is on ESPN? Yep. it was on uh, the NCAA.org. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's so. Running is kind of a lonely sport, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it can't how, be. Yeah. How mentally, I mean, you know you've got it. Again, I would think no one here besides you two know exactly. Is it 3.2 miles? 
one uh, three point how many three point seven three five in in college for women six k okay That's three point seven five so three point seven five so you're you're getting prepared to do that mm-hmm. you've got what a week from the day you found out before the tournament mm-hmm. or before the race mm-hmm. take us through that week what's your training like what's your thought process like you're by yourself right I mean mm-hmm. the season's over so the team's gone. Mm-hmm. Paul came in, and I saw one video where he was, like, running with you, it looked like, or you had a <laughs> cam was, and you were on a I bike on, or something? I was on a gator, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I can't run with her cam. So tell us what that week was like. Well, my team was, of course, super supportive through the whole thing, so um, even, like, going every single day, I was getting so much love and so many, like, kind wishes, and it was it was really awesome. Like, I felt, I never really felt alone because people were just supporting me the whole way through it but as far as practice goes we kind of had to like dial it down a little bit and actually I remember a couple days before like I still wanted to do more because that's just how running normally goes but coach actually had to tell me to like back it off a little bit um but I guess also just going into the week of it I try not to think about it too much until like the day or really the day before the race because I didn't want to let it get to my head too much you know just cruise it along through the season and then like the night before it really hit me. I was like, whoa, nationals is tomorrow. <laughs> but um, I kind of like doing it that way because it, it, it doesn't let it um, be more than it is, what Coach always tells us before a race. <laughs> At the end of the race, you're completely gone, right? You've got nothing left. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Okay, <laughs> so how do you get to that point? Do you just, the gun goes off and you go as hard as you can, as long as you can, or do you try and figure out the first mile I'm going to run it this time I'm going to do this how's that work for for me like you kind of always want to think like oh I'm going to go out and pace myself and you do you go out and you pace yourself but you never really start the race if you ever start a race and you're thinking in your head oh I'm just going to take it easy for the first mile and settle in it doesn't really work that way from the from the gun what we, coach always tells us from the gun to the to the finish line it, it's a battle and you just kind of struggle through the not struggle through the whole thing you fight through the whole thing and um, even because race pace is never easy. <laughs> you're going for 3.75 miles, but it's never, it, you're, like you said, you're exhausted by the end. So you can't just save it for the last 200 meters and have it that, and that, that's not enough. Now, does, does, is each race different? You know, I mean, do you get in your mind, I'm going to, and I can feel the clock in my head, or is the race, the time of the race determined on what your competition is? Do they Maybe somebody pushes you to run better, maybe, you know. Oh, yeah. The races, you you totally adapt. You have to be able to adapt to every race. Um, I've learned that over the years being here. Um, in the beginning, you always have, like, a certain routine you want to do. You have, like, you know, your dinosaur egg oatmeal before every race, and, like, every race is going to go this, it's going to go this way in your head. But the more that I've, um, the more experience that I've had, I've realized every single race, if you go into it, this is a new day, this is a new race, and you're willing to adapt to it, um, you're so much more successful. So, like, for example, for the conference race, I knew that if I wanted to win, I had to take it out and not worry about what everyone else was doing. But then for, like, something like um, regionals, I knew that I had to go with a certain pack and stay with that pack. And it's just being able to read the situation and know that it's not a recipe, that you have to you have to be able to adapt, basically. And that's made me a lot stronger of a runner, not just in running, but also in, like, everything. It's kind of a metaphor for... Lots of different things. <laughs> so what has she meant to your program? Well, the, the recognition that she's gotten is, is recognition for our program. And, you know, it's amazing. The, the individual accomplishments in our program is really what kind of put us on the map uh, as we've built our program. And, you know, there's no way to win three, uh, four out of five years we've won the, the Horizon League. And there's no way to win it uh, without this young lady sitting next to me here. And, and um She's an inspiration to many because, like I said, she was she wasn't a superstar coming out of high school. She was above average, had some you know some good performances, but girls that were at her level come out of come out of high school every year, and then they, you know, they go on and do things like like she's done. So it's been she can inspire the future girls and and obviously keep the ones really highly motivated that we have in our program. So it's it's been a special journey. All right, we've only got a couple seconds left, so I I want to ask you this question. When my when my guys do something cool, they go like this, or they 
you know, talk crap. Do you run by girls and talk to them and say things to them as you go by them like you're not going to catch me? or? Oh, no, no. You, nobody does that? No, no. Oh, so uh, there, are, there are people that do that, but not There are people not that Maggie. do that, but no, not me. My victory dance is the floss. <laughs> the floss? Oh, yeah. That's what, what is I did. the floss? Show us the floss. Oh, boy. This you is want the floss. Me to show yeah, you? I want you to show us the floss. Everybody knows the floss. <laughs> oh. I'm old. I didn't know that. <laughs> that is All right. Nice. So you do that when you cross the line? Uh, sometimes if I get really excited. <laughs> uh, well, Paul, thank you for yeah, showing up for here tonight. Us. And, Appreciate you it. know, what you've done at Oakland, you know, I, it's unbelievable what this man has done as a coach at Oakland University for years and years and years. And he's done it with great student athletes like Maggie. And Maggie, congratulations on your career. And, thank you. You know, everybody here wishes you the best. Thank you. Thank you for yeah. having us. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Oh, we'll be back with more of the Greg Campy Show from the Evans Law Firm, whatever, right? Get a low mileage lease on the 2017 Dodge Journey for $269 a month. Rally House. Shop every team in town. College and pro. Come on, it's time to go. Visit Rally House's nine retail locations in the Detroit Metro for the latest in Golden Grizzly gear or your favorite local pro or college team. Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, Pistons, Spartans, Chippewas, everything Michigan. Rally House. Rally House, it's your city, it's your house, it's the Rally House. Shop 10 locations in Michigan and online at rallyhouse.com. Neil Rule here again for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Look, a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak. All I can tell you is this, I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results, real team real estate. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. We're live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Big Russ making his way to the back. Appreciate everybody coming out. Another good crowd on hand here. Remember, you can tweet your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. That's what we're going to get to. Uh, right now, Coach, as a matter of fact, if you don't mind. Great conversation with Maggie and, and Paul Rice, by the way. Uh, again, it's, you know, it, what what she did at, at, at Oakland is unprecedented. Nobody had ever done it before. Nobody had ever done it in the league. And that league's 50, 60 years old. So yeah. think about that. Uh, and man, I, I wanted to say I wish I'd have a player show up like that, but maybe Blake Lantman's that player. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe that would be the case. But uh, yeah. we are going to get to your questions on the hashtag AskCampy Twitter thread. So, Coach, you ready to rock here? Yep. All right, let's do it. Our first one coming up from Gary Gilbert. It's a math problem, though, so I'm going to I'm gonna have to reach out to the audience or, or hey, something. Hey, You got this? I, I don't do math, man. I, I don't either. I got lots of problems in life. Math ain't one? Math, well, I can't count them. That's why the... <laughs> Because you don't know math. I don't know math, right. so I can't count my problems. All right, well, let's, let's see if you and I can get through this together. All right, Coach, math problem. Coach... You've got two proven redshirt seniors who deserve to start. We got that. You've got ten young players who, knew, who need playing time to develop skills. And we have that. You've got vocal fans on social media lobbying for more CJ and Trey. Can you talk about how you divvy up 200 minutes? Well, that is an interesting question. Um, and if the trains leave the station at the same time, where do they meet? Well, I find I find it interesting that for years and years and years, people should I use the word criticize? Maybe that's too strong of a word. Maybe it's question. not. Maybe not. It's not a strong question. Why, you know, you play this guy this many minutes and you don't rest him, and he plays 38 minutes a game. And last year, Cumberland played 38. Norris played 38. I think Maddox played 34. X and you know it was all in the 30s and you're gonna wear them out and I kept telling people hey they're 18 to 22 years old 
if they can't play 31 times when there's a media t there's a two and a half minute media timeout every four minutes, you know. So now we're not playing anybody over 30 minutes, and now people aren't happy. So I don't know what to say. I mean, I think I think uh, Kangoo's averaging about 32 minutes a game, but that's come down lately. He's only you know in the last two or three games, he's been in the 20s. Um, X Brad and Oladapo are all playing about 30 minutes a game, and we're playing nine, ten guys, which I, in uh, 36 years as a head coach, I've never played this many guys. And it's surely, not, I mean, we've played eight games now, so it's not like we just did it once. And uh, so I, you know, I don't know. I mean, how how am I going to do the minutes this year? Well, it's not. Oh, you know, today I think I'll play this guy. Um, the first thing that we have to be consistent about, if, if you're going to be the person in charge and you're going to be the coach and you're going to have, you know, 15, I've got 15 guys on my team, and if you're going to have them understand or be happy, which they never are, they never are, if you play four guys 35 minutes a game and you have a roster of 12, you're going to have four guys that think you're the best coach in the world. You're going to have three guys that think you're okay because they're playing the 10 or 12 minutes but think you could be better. And then you're going to have seven guys that think you're, you're terrible, you know. Um, and all seven of those guys, moms and dads, are going to be telling them that, you know. And in this day and age, with Twitter and with friends and with everything now, you know, they're, those people are telling them that too. And so what I have to do is I have to be consistent. And you have to earn your minutes. You have to earn them. And it, there is no, hey, you know what? He might be good. Let's give him a chance. You know, mom, dad, come to practice and watch. Right? Yeah. Because what he's telling you isn't what's happening at practice. And we practice, you know, a lot. We'll have 100 practices during the year. They're competitive. All of you, have, if you came to hot dogs and in practice, you got to see one. You're welcome to come anytime. Any mom and dad's welcome to come anytime. You may hear some words you don't want to hear. Um, but you're welcome to come and watch. We don't close our practices. You're welcome to come and see what we make our decisions on. And it, you have to earn it in practice to get the opportunity in the game. And then you have to earn it in the game to get opportunities. Um, and then what's probably the most important part of this, Gary, is... Would you like to be 0-8 right now? Because we could be 0-8 right now, and I could have played everybody about the same amount of minutes and say, okay, who's the best? And then when we get to the league, uh, let's use those guys. But we don't want to be 0-8. We want to win. That's what I'm paid to do. And if we were 0-8, everybody would be, what they would be saying about that, and they'd give up on us, and there'd be no Grizz gang, and there'd be no, nobody in the stands, and, it's our job to win games. So I, I don't want to name names, and I'm not going to name names, but I'll, I'll, you know me, I'm going to say what I think. We have a guy on our team right now that's struggling. And um, in this day and age, you know, when I played, I, I had games I struggled. And when I played, I had the unfortunate, or maybe it was fortunate, that my dad was, had been a coach. So when I went home and wanted to bitch or complain about something, I didn't get the, the answers that a lot of kids get today. I got, he's the coach, you do what he says. When he asks you a question, you ask him, you say, yes, sir. And when he says jump, you say how high and all that kind of stuff. That was my day and age. It isn't like that anymore. Okay? But what's really interesting is social media. And social media today kills teams. And a kid who he needs feedback, he, maybe he's immature, maybe he's this, maybe he's that. You know, we run to social media and say something that we shouldn't say or we put it out there and then we realize we shouldn't have done that because we're looking for all my friends to come back and say, no, you're great, it's not your fault, you know, because we're frustrated maybe that we're not playing well or something like that. And then that turns into a lot of problems for teams. So me personally, I, I let them do it. 
I know there are coaches, and I could name a, a Hall of Fame one not far from here. It doesn't let his team even be on social media during the season. And I don't want to do that. I want the kids to grow up and learn. And I want them to make mistakes. And I want them to have to, in life, go through. I've had four NBA players in the last 15 years, but I've coached a heck of a lot more than four players. And my job is to put them into the real world, having experienced the good and the bad and growing up and becoming men, you know. So I don't care if somebody says something. They could go on social media and say, Campy's an idiot, uh, which maybe they're right. All right. Now I'm going to talk to them about that. Now if it continues, then then we'll have a problem because if they become... If someone becomes a deterrent to our team and what we're trying to accomplish as a group, as a team, then there'll be some ramifications. Right now, it's more of a teaching experience for them. You know, hey, don't say this. Why would you say this? What, you know, why, does, why do you need, because there's a lot of things. Would you like me to go on Twitter and tell everybody why you're not playing? Because I can do that. And I have a lot more people following me than you do have following you. And I could tell them. I could tell them about this or about that or about practice or that. Um, so, you know, you have those conversations and you grow as a team, you grow as a player. And, but, you have, but as a fan, you have to understand why isn't he playing or why isn't this guy playing? Well, I have a coaching staff that we communicate. I still make the final decisions. It, it lies with me. But we're trying to win. At the same time we're trying to win, we're trying to grow our team so that we're the best we can be when we get in the league, and then we're great when March gets here. All right? So last night, a player uh, who's not been playing well, who we expect to be a very good player, it appeared that he played better last night. And he played, I think, 28 minutes. Well, we also, there's also in this game, a scoreboard and there are also statistics and there is a statistic that isn't put in the paper or put on the radio and I don't think you ever talk about this maybe I'm wrong maybe you do because you know the game but one of the stats that's out there is a thing called plus, plus minus. minus and they what, don't put it on the stat report what plus minus is is while player X is on the floor what was his plus minus and what that means is, okay, you went into, I put you in the game, and the score is 6-6. Six to six. And you play four minutes, and when you come out, the score is, we have 10 and they have 14. All right, so now your plus minus is minus four. Because while you were on the floor, we, were, we lost four points. Then I put you in later in the game, and you get a, there's a 20-point spread while you're on the floor for the positive. Your plus minus for that game would be 16 to the plus. That would really be good. All right? Last night, as a team, our plus-minus was 10, right? We won by 10. Well, this player that people are saying, why are you? His plus-minus was minus 4. We only had two kids last night that had a minus during the game. That plays in this. Because what am I trying to do? B plus. We're, yeah, we were trying to win. So those decisions are made... You yank a kid, you're giving this kid this. Well, yeah. Yeah, because I've got 36 years of doing it. I have a way I believe to do it, and I'm going to do it that way. And I'm not going to let social media or Twitter or you or any other fan uh, change how I think of that. And you, I'm, everybody here knows me. You can say whatever you want to me. I'm probably going to agree with you. But I'm still the one that's charged with doing this, and I'm going to do it my way. And my way, I think, has been pretty successful. I mean, I'm still here after 36 years. I, I think I'm doing okay. So I, I would agree. So we're going to do it this way. I want you to be frustrated sometimes because that means you're a big fan and you love our program and you, love, and you care. And that's what we want from our fan base. We want you to care. So I'll take any questions like that, I'll, and I'll explain to you the best I can. I'm not going to throw any kid on the under the bus or call names or anything like that. I think most people know some of the guys I'm talking about, but, you know, those are my kids, and, and my job is 
My job is, if his plus minus was minus four, my job is to coach him up so that his plus minus is plus four every game. That's my job. I have an answer for you too, Coach. What you can do is get into cross-country coaching. You're trying to take minutes away then, not add minutes, right? That's not that funny, Neil. Yeah. It's not that funny. No, I think it was. Paul Rice laughed at it. It's not that funny. No, it, no. Paul Rice is laughing at it. That was a, yeah, that was get a, into cross-country coaching and say, okay, run, Maggie, run. <laughs> yeah. Right? And then Maggie runs faster than everybody. Okay, you get to run in the next race. Yeah. You you finish eighth, and we only get six. You don't get to run. Right. And then Mom says to me, to Paul, why didn't my daughter get to run? He says, oh, she finished eighth, and only six get to. Yeah. When Mom says that to me, I, I don't have any numbers like well, that. Well, you say. say you say run, Maggie, run. The next thing you know, you're coach of the year in the Horizon League. Like, it seems pretty simple to me. For four out of five times or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm never coach of the year. I know that. All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, Coach, we do have to pick up the pace on these uh, Ask Campy questions. We have right, to, that we have was to a – well, math. I told you it was going to take yeah, me a well, long hey, time. Hey, we fought our way through it, though. We'll take a break. We'll come back to RJ's Pub here in Rochester Hills. It's a great Campy show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Get a low mileage lease on the 2017 Dodge Journey for $269 a month. Neil Rule here again for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Look, a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak. All I can tell you is this I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results, real team real estate. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News and World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Evans Law Group was founded with an emphasis on advising businesses on all facets of their labor and employment law issues, including conducting a broad range of in-house employment and human resources compliance seminars, having effective training for executives and managers related to HR compliance issues in the workplace has never been more critical than it is today. I am honored to have presented my seminars to a broad array of businesses, ranging from publicly traded companies to multi-generational family businesses, and to just about everything in between. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. All right, we're coming down the stretch of the Greg Campy Show here live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies. He is a coach, Greg Campy, who promises to uh, not take 11 minutes to answer each question on Twitter individually. But, uh, but I do want Gary, that one question lasted a whole segment. That is, that's the longest hey, that's, ever. That's a record. That's a, Well, that's a journalism teacher providing content. Right well, there, I, so I, I, I had to that. dance around a little bit of yeah. stuff, too, but... Well, here, here, and I'll ask the questions. Yeah, you know, let's go. Yeah, well, I do have one for you. Why, why do you, why do you talk in a day and age when coaches don't? Why, why do you, why do you, why do you offer something? Why do you provide opinion when in a day and age where everybody is so guarded and coaches don't want to talk? Why do you do it? Because I have what I think is a fantastic fan base, a fan base that really cares, and I think most schools don't give their fans information, and whether they like it or not, sometimes it blows up. I, if I tell you somebody. Uh, if I tell you, if I tell you, I think we're going to be really good, and then we have a bad year, and then you're mad at me because I told you you're going to be good, and you got all excited. Well, that, that's my fault. We had a bad year. I told you the truth. You know, I'm, I, I think our, I think you, our fans should know everything about our program. Okay. Everything. There you That's have legal it. to tell. All right. Let's get back to the hashtag asked campy thread here. Wes Vberg, he's got a, he's got a doubleheader here. First one. 
Is there a story or superstition to the coaching staff leaving an empty seat next to Coach Smith and Coach Covington each game? Those seats have been marked with a white piece of tape. Uh, we brought Jeff Smith over, and he's doing that, and I didn't ask him why. I think it's just uh, he doesn't want Tony sitting on his leg or something. I have no idea why. But I don't pay attention. I'm standing and stomping. That's probably a I good move. I don't pay attention. But, but, but Wesley, Wesley has another one. Why do you do it, Coach? So you can talk to him. So it's an okay. So there's because an when they come off the floor and mom and dad are mad because I screamed and yelled at them, Smitty can sit them down and make and hug them and make them feel better and pick up all the pieces. and it makes it look like we care about them. Yeah, <laughs> he picks up all the just like he's doing with his daughter right now. A little hug right there. <laughs> all right, Wesley, me. Does coach have any initial impressions of the Horizon League from any games or results that you've been able to see so far? Anything change preseason expectation wise? Well, I, I think it's been pretty much what I thought it was going to be. I've seen every team play. Um, I think the sleepers are Green Bay and Milwaukee. Milwaukee got a transfer guard that's really good. He's hurt right now. They lost at Drake last night on a last-second shot. The kid got hurt and didn't play. With that kid, I think they probably would have won a Drake, which would have been a heck of a win. They were a big underdog in yeah. the game, yeah. Wright State, we know how good they are. Their best players hurt, and they're still winning. They had a tremendous win for the league last night. They beat Western Kentucky at home. Northern Kentucky's best player is hurt, and their other kids scored in 30 a game. So those teams are who we thought they were. Um, Youngstown has struggled from from the floor, uh, but they'll make shots once we get in the league. They're going to be good. And, uh, you know, I have uh, I have no comment on, on that school that's in the city up there. Um, and who else am I missing? Um, UIC. Oh, UIC has injuries. I mean, we, we've been through that. We've had two years in the last six years where we've lost four kids, four starters, and it's hard. And, you know, we were able to survive it and finish in the top four, uh, but I don't know if UIC has the depth that we had on those teams. Um, and they've really struggled because of it. But if, if they get those kids back, they'll be good. They're just really struggling right now because, I mean, they got three superstar players and only one's been playing. So we'll see. Rob Brooks in the house here tonight at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Saturday, can you guys hold Bowling Green under 70 points? They've been a scoring machine this year. Well, Toledo was averaging in the mid-80s, and we held them to, what, 69? And uh, Western Michigan, we held to 62. Um, you know, Maryland scored 80, and Northern or no, Northern Illinois scored over seven. That's it. Everybody else has been down. So, you know, I would hope we can. If we're going to win, we're going to have to. If they score over 70, we probably won't win. So I guess that would be the best way to answer that question. Can we do it? I don't know. Got to make some shots. Our young kids got to play. You know, we got we to gotta, we gotta back up what we did last night and come back and do it again and not say, oh, well, we shot great, so we won. No, we got to shoot great on multiple occasions. Uh, here's one from Jake Wolock, and I know where you're going to go with this one, but I'll ask it because it's on there. Uh, chances Foster Lawyer ends up a Grizzly at, after all via the transfer portal. I know, yeah. Foster Lawyer's playing at Michigan, Michigan State. State. Right. I, I didn't see the game because we played last night, but I saw a video of him trying to take a charge and fell down, and the score was 4-3 to three or something, so it was in the first five minutes. Why would a kid leave when he's playing well, we had some kids leave that were playing, so I, I don't know. I mean, don't ask me about the transfer portal, but <laughs> Foster no. Lawyer's at Michigan State where he wants to be, and I'm sure he'll stay there and, and do quite well. Oh, your basketball guy says, and this is an interesting question because I've noticed this as well, it seems as though you've let the tempo creep up just a little bit. Is that on purpose? Um, yes. You know, we don't we don't want to play at 55 to 60 possessions. We normally play at 75 to 80. We've been playing, you know, 60 to 60. I think we had 62 last night. I would like to see us eventually get to 65, you know, maybe 68, um, which is when we get a, when we get a turnover, I want to see us go with it. Right now I don't want to go with a rebound and scoring. We just can't play that way yet. Um, but with turnovers, we need to get up and down the floor. Here's another one from Jake Wolock. He says, we now know that Coach has a career in broadcasting ahead of him after coaching. You ever think about doing that when, you, when you're done with coaching? I have a degree in it, Neil. Right. Well, that was what I wanted to be, and I obviously I ended up in this. I think there's a lot of people that wish I'd ended up in broadcasting. 
<laughs> Andrew asks us, he says, so when does rookie start walking around with Grizz during home games? Tell everybody who rookie is. They don't know. Uh, rookie is the dog I adopted through Twitter recently. And uh, they put a little stocking on the page today for rookie. Did you see that? Thing? I did, yeah. That was pretty cool. But um, I don't think I need to be wearing that game day about. I might bring rookie to a women's game or something, let her run around the court. Probably go to the bathroom out in the middle of it, though, so I don't know. So, Coach, this weekend, as we talked about, uh, and appreciate all the questions, by the way, uh, the Twitter feed never disappoints. We, we certainly will say that. And remember, any time during the week, if a question pops in your head, fire it off with the hashtag AskCampy. They go in the thread. I will get to them at some point during let's, the week. Let's do this, though. Let's stay away from transfer portal questions well, and stuff like that. We know how bad that hurt us. Right. And it's not right to ask a kid who's playing somewhere else, that kid, in my opinion, should stay where he is. And uh, and it's not right to even have discussion or talk about that because now we become part of the problem. And I'd rather, I'd rather be part of the solution. And the solution is if a kid goes somewhere and they're playing in that, they should stay. And if they're not, then through their families and that, they should find a place that's going to be better fitting for them. And it should be done when the season's over not in the heart of a season should somebody be worrying about that or should fan bases be talking about other players on other teams because, well, we're going to turn this thing into something really bad if we do that. So Sure, sure, Coach. I definitely agree. So I'm not going to answer any more questions about – I'll answer about transfer portals and that after the season. I'll answer those kind of questions, but I'm not going to talk about a kid that's playing somewhere else. Sure. Well said. I certainly do agree. So, Coach Bowling Green coming up this weekend – uh, certainly would be another big, big win on a team in the MAC that's looks like they're going to do some things. Yeah, their preseason pick to win the MAC. They beat Cincinnati on a neutral court. I think they're six and two. Smitty's got that scout, so he probably could tell you a lot more about them than I do. They've got a really good player that got hurt. Um, we're expecting him to play against us. I think he tweaked his hamstring. Um, I'm hoping their coach decides to save him for league play. Uh, that would that would make it a little easier for us. Um, but uh, we're playing at Bowling Green. They built a new building four or five years ago. I have never been in it. You know, I mean, you're talking about the place where I played, and I've never been in the new building, and I'm looking forward to going and seeing what it's like. I see a lot of friends, a lot of people that, you know, were, were in the administration when I was in school there. So the last five times we've played Bowling Green, we've won, and, and usually by double digits. So... You know, I'm kind of proud of that. Um, Last go, time was here, I believe, right, in the postseason yeah. tournament, was it? No, no, we played them once after that, too. I think we only won by eight, and the other four were by double digits. Um, I'm getting old, too, man. Yeah, but, you know, I'm when you, when you go home, you know, you play your school that you competed at and that, it, it, I can't let that have an effect on this team. There are a lot of teams I could have, and in the past I have, but this team's too fragile right now for me to go in there and grab anybody and say, hey, you know, this is my school. We're going to, you know, yeah. not going to do that. I'd like to do it, but I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to tell you something. We will we will be a heavy underdog in the game. Uh, the Toledo game, we were 10, 12-point, you know, underdog and had two shots to win it. I wish one of them would have gone in. My guess is we'll be the same, you know, that this will be – we'll be a heavy underdog in this game because I think – this is Bowling Green's best team in maybe 20 years. How do you guys approach that, though, with Bowling Green scoring so heavily? Is it something where maybe you pull back on the throttle a little bit? Or, you know, do you continue that progression of increasing possessions? Uh, if we get a steal. I mean, we, we went against Toledo. We, we And their team, that you know, we felt we had to keep under 70 points to win. And we had a chance. And, uh, you know, so we'll go with a steal or, or an opportunity like that. But we're not going to. We're not going to get a rebound, throw it out, fire it up, and shoot a three. And we're just not going to do that. We're going to make them guard us every possession. We're going to try and get the ball to the front of the rim and then make our threes on kickout passes. Um, we're going to try and make them double our post players. You know, their strength is their perimeter. Our strength is our inside. So we'll see whose who's strength wins the game. Final 90 seconds of the show, Coach. What else you got for me? We need Maryland to beat Notre Dame tonight. I see it's 13 to 13. Um, we have lost. We have lost four games this year. Okay, 
and the record going into tonight of the four teams that beat us is 31 and 3. And, and Delaware's 9 and 0. Delaware's 9 and 0. Maryland is whatever and 0. 8 and 0. Um Toledo is 6 or 7 and t 2 and Northern Illinois is 6 and 1 or something like that. So two of those losses were by, you know, two points, three points, two points. So think about that. 31 and 3 the teams we've played. We've played a very difficult schedule and we're sitting here at 5 and 4. And I will tell you Neil, if you told me when we made this schedule thinking the team we we're going to have and then if you'd have told me on May 1st that we were going to be 5 and 4, I wouldn't have kissed you, but I might have hugged you. <laughs> big thank you to Paul Rice, big thank you to Maggie Schneider, Russ, everybody up here at RJ's Club. Big thank you to all of you for coming.